Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. to Luke chapter 2 uh, for such an occasion, but I, I want us to, to go to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read just a couple of verses and we can be seated, and, or you can be seated, and then we'll go back and maybe read a few more. But Luke chapter 1 and verse 78 and 79, the Bible says, through the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. I was reading that passage of scripture a few days ago, and that line just kind of popped off the page in a way a little bit different. And I just read that line again and again, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. And today I just want to use that as my subject, the day spring from on high. Aren't you glad you know him by name? <laughs> Praise God. We're not talking about a mystery man today. Praise God, the day spring from on high. God bless you and you can be seated. The word day spring here in Luke 1, 78 in its literal interpretation means the dawn or the rising sun. One writer said it means the glory of the light that both fills and gladdens the world. It doesn't just fill the world, but it brings a sense of gladness, happiness with it, that day spring from on high. And so I want to go back and read a few verses, perhaps more verses than I customarily read, but I think it's important to read these so that we can see these few verses in context. And so I'm going to go back to verse number 70. So if you'll join me there, uh, we'll just maybe set this in a, in a frame that help us all understand it better. The Bible says in Luke 1 and 70, As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have, sent, have been since the world began. God has always had holy prophets. Amen. This was not something new. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, 
to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, here's our text, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet unto the way of peace. So if we, there's one more verse there in, in uh, this chapter, chapter 1, verse number 80, but then when we get to the very next chapter, this is where Luke announces the unsurpassed birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so from the very beginning of the prophetic scriptures concerning the Messiah, or what some would deem as the hope of Israel, from the very, very beginning, this hope or this messianic promise has always been looked upon, kind of categorized as the sun rising or the light or the glory of God shining. This was not just another day. And this would not just be another child that's born, but this would be the hope of Israel, the Messiah. For example, if we were to go all the way back into the, into the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, the Bible says, There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. There has always been an illumination. There's always been light associated with the coming of the Lord. Another typical passage of, of the hope of a Messiah is found in Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 and 1, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. So with this hope, there's always been light associated. There's always been an illumination. And in illumination, we could also liken that to revelation. There has always been a light with the coming of the Lord. In Matthew 4, in verse number 14, the Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying... The land of Zebulun or Zebulon, the land of Naphtalim, the way by the sea, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and the, the shadow of death, light is sprung up. And so there's that liken again to those who sat in darkness or in the shadow of death, but he said in the midst of that darkness and in the midst of that shadow of death, light is going to spring up. And so in the Bible, wherever the Messiah is described, it is always in terms of light, always in terms of revelation, always in terms of knowledge, the knowledge of the glory of God. And so I just want to repeat it again. Luke said it, the day spring from on high hath arisen among us. Some today have not lived for the Lord so long that you have forgotten the darkness and the shadow of death that you sat in before day spring had shined upon you. Light had come in, hope, when you thought there was none. Within the lyrics of a familiar song that we often hear this time of year, we find this same message. 
O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the stars, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all thy years are met in thee tonight. Amen. In the midst of darkness and uncertainty, there was a light, a certain light. There was hope, certain hope that was to be found. In the prophecy of this marvelous child, there are several things that are are described by which the glory of God was going to accomplish. Several things. Amen. Some of that would be in his ability to enlighten and bless the world. And so in Luke 19, Luke rather 1 and 79, the Bible says that he would give light to them that are in darkness and in the shadow of death. I am so thankful today to know that we're not just celebrating this season so that we can receive a gift or so that we can get together and have a family meal. Amen. I'm thankful that we know the reason for the season, this hope in Christ. Amen. This hope in Christ is first... Amen, comes to us by the taking away the darkness of this world. And he does that by adding his light because he is light. Some of you have visited the various uh, caverns around our nation, perhaps Ruby Falls or Carlsbad Canyons, and maybe there's many others that we could mention here today. And if you've ever been uh, a part of one of these tours, at least everyone I've ever been a part of, at some point in that tour, you're going to get all everyone, they're going to get everyone together, and then they're going to turn out the lights. And uh, they're going to warn you about that. I'm not suggesting they're up to something. Pickpockets are going to get on the loose there or something. But, uh, but at some point, they're going to gather you in, and then they're going to turn out all the lights that are in that cavern. And, and when they do you find yourself hundreds of feet below the surface of the earth. And if you've been a part of that experience, you know what I'm fixing to say is true, that, that it is a darkness unlike anything else in the world. It's gross darkness. It's almost a palatable darkness. It's unbelievable darkness. It seems impenetrable. However, even darkness of this magnitude, Darkness, even on this scale, will have to give way to the smallest light. It doesn't matter how dark, it doesn't matter how gross dark it is. Darkness, even on that level, the slightest light will come against that. I'm thankful for the light of Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for the power and the hope of God. And so I want to tell you today that sometimes... When you attend a service, whether it's here in a local setting or you're a part of another service somewhere, a camp or some special meeting, and you just feel the slight presence of the Lord. Can I tell you that slight presence of God is enough to push back up against the most gross and outer darkness of sin that this world has to offer. And so we don't really need God to do something outlandish in order for us to feel and recognize that His presence and His Spirit is in this house and we can be and have been changed. Before Jesus Christ came to earth, the world was lost in the darkness of sin. But men like Isaiah and others, but men like Isaiah looked through the telescope of time and they saw a better day coming. 
and they didn't keep it to themselves. They didn't just see a better day coming and die with hope in their own heart, but they saw light coming. Amen. Isaiah 60 and 1 says, Arise, shine, for the glory of God hath dawned upon thee. I'm thankful these men didn't keep it to themselves and shame on us if we keep it to ourselves. So if you ever think about the miracle of a sunrise, I know that, that we can take that for granted and, and perhaps we have taken it for granted many, many times. But if we ever stop to ask ourselves what would happen if there was no sunrise? What would happen if there were to be never again another sunrise? How dark and dismal the world would be. Darkness everywhere present. Darkness, amen. Darkness would also lead to death and frozen desolation in many parts of our world and region. And in time, darkness and death would overtake the world. It wouldn't take long. But consider the changes that come about when light or warmth or gladness comes at sunrise. Amen. It doesn't matter how dark the night. Weeping may endure for the night. It doesn't matter how dark or how much weeping is in the night. It may endure for a night. But day cometh. Amen. Morning cometh. The sun's going to come. And it's going to dispel that darkness. It's a miracle so powerful that it affects and changes the world in which we live. But it is also a miracle that is so tender that it will not even disturb a sleeping child. Amen. The power of the sun, the power of a sunrise. It's the promise of Luke 1, happening all over again. Through the tender mercy of our God, the day spring on high. Amen. The day spring from on high hath visited us. I wonder if we could if we could just begin to look at sunrises through that prism from this moment forward when we see the sun come up we don't need to just welcome the sun we need to welcome the God that created that sun and realize when that sun starts peeking out of that eastern sky the day spring from on high hath visited us he's come he's come to us again it's his warmth and the presence of light it reminds us that he is still here the tender influence of Jesus Christ in our world. I'm thankful for it. It's so humble and so quiet, but yet so, so very meaningful. Ever so gently, the power of God slips in. According to Luke 179, the reason this light slips in is to give light to them that sit in darkness and to give light to them who sit in the shadow of death. The Lord in His glory takes away Amen. From the shadows of the death of this life. And he adds hope. And he adds life. And he adds immortality. Amen. Please don't just think about it as the sun coming up. And no, it's way more than that. It is, it is the power of God reminding us of his love and his tenderness and his mercy. You know, it just troubles me. I'll say this sincerely, but it troubles me to think what man has turned the Christmas season into. For many, for many, the next few days will mean just little more than a few paid days off of work. It'll mean just little more, little more than reasons to party, reasons to drink it up, drug it up. I read last night some statistics that beer and liquor sales increase over the Christmas holidays more than any other time of the year. That ought to disturb us. That ought to trouble us. 
Amen. Why? Because Christmas for many people is just another reason to party. It's just another reason to get stoned. It's just another reason to get high. It's just another reason to do your own thing. And it should be nauseating if we think about it. Because really and truly Christmas should be all about the Lord. It's His time. This is His time. Nothing else should take the place of what we are here to honor in this season of time. It's time for light. It's time for glory. It's a time for prayer. It's a time for praise. It's a time to celebrate that the day spring from on high hath visited us. Hallelujah. Uh, you've heard me talk about this many, many times. I'm not here to debate the validity of whether or not he was born on December the 25th. That's irrelevant. Amen. The fact that is that he was born. The day spring has visited us. He didn't just visit mankind. I'm thankful that he visited mankind. I'm thankful that he was born in a manger. I'm really thankful for all of that. I do appreciate that. But you know what? I'm glad that the day spring up from on high visited me. I'm glad that when I was in need and lost and undone, the day spring from on high, he thought enough, not just of the world in general, but he thought enough of me to visit my life and to speak into my heart and to visit my spirit. Amen. To convict me of my sin. And to show me there is a better way. Like Isaiah, there is light in this darkness and there is hope. There is life in the midst of the shadow of all of this death. Amen. In verse number 77, he said to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. And so this light of hope is multifaceted. It doesn't just give light, but it also gives knowledge. Knowledge of salvation and it also gives the knowledge of how we can have our sins remitted. It takes away darkness and adds light, thank God. But it also takes away death and gives and adds life. Matthew 1 and 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. I'm thankful for the atoning mercy of God, aren't you? Amen. It's beyond what any poet could write about. It's beyond what any angel could ever sing. And can I tell you, it's beyond any message that any preacher could ever preach. I'm thankful for the power of God. Amen. That atoning mercy and the grace of God. He came to me, one songwriter says, when I couldn't come to where he was, he came to me. He found me where I was and he was not repulsed by the sin not turned away by my fractured life. No, no, no. He came right there with a healing hand, with a healing balm of Gilead. Praise God, he touched our soul. And so when God made the heavens and the earth, when we look back at Genesis 1, when God made the heaven and the earth, he did so by declaration. He spoke to the end of the world and there was light. He spoke the word and there were suns and there were stars. He spoke the word and all creation was before him. But when the Lord decided to redeem the earth, amen, when he decided that I'm going to pull man back, amen, to himself, he framed that redemption in the womb of a virgin girl by the name of Mary. Hallelujah. It was God manifested in flesh. It was the fulfillment of John 1 and 14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and then he offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice on an altar that we recognize
as, as Calvary as an atonement for our sin. And so I will tell you because of that today, Christmas means more. Amen. It means more to me than I could ever put in words. It means more than I could ever put in a song. It means more than I could ever put in a sermon. It means that the day spring has visited me in my moment of despair and he visited you in your moment of despair. Christmas means that God has visited us in our moment of judgment. When we deserve to be judged, he gave us reconciliation. When we deserve to be separated, he brought us back unto himself. The day spring from on high hath visited us. God in Christ was made, amen, made a way to find redemption for, the, in, for our sins and to bring healing and hope for our souls. Can you hear me today? No man, no person will ever see the face of God if they stand in, the, in unforgiven sin. No man, no man, no woman will ever see the face of God in unforgiven sin because sin shuts out the soul from the presence of God. Sin separates. If you could just boil it down to two fundamental words, sin always separates. Sin separates. Ezekiel 18 and 4, also Ezekiel 18 and 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That sounds crude and it sounds crass, but it is true. The soul that sins, it shall die. To the church at Rome, Romans 6 and 23, the apostle Paul boldly declared, The wages of sin is death. Mankind will never stand in the presence of God with unforgiven sin in their lives. But according to the word of God, they would be cast into perdition. That sounds horrible and that sounds dismal and it is. However, that's why the gospel is called the good news. Amen. That's why the gospel is good news. Luke 2 and 10, the Bible says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, sin separate. Sin shuts a man out from God. Sin will make a man or a woman, amen, will position them to a lifetime of hellfire and damnation. He said, but I've got good news. I've got a gospel message. I've got a way out. I have a key. We don't have to be lost today. Amen. We don't have to be lost today. Hell hath opened her mouth without measure. But I don't have to be part of those that are going there. I can find that way that leads to a place called heaven. Why? Because there's a gospel message that's been preached to me. Praise God. And so lest any of us think that we are above or beyond sin, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 46, woven into this text, almost as a side note, amen, woven into 1 Kings 8 and 46 are these words. It says, there is no man that sinneth not. And so there's no one here this morning that's so high or so mighty. There's no one here today that has not the, that does not have the ability to sin. 
Amen. No, there is no man that sinneth not. But I'm thankful for the mercy and the goodness of God. We were born in sin. The Bible says, David said, in, 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 in iniquity did my mother conceive me. But I'm thankful that I don't have to say, stay in that sinful state. I'm glad that he saw us in the bloody mess that hell and sin left us in. And he said, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. I'm going to make it possible. Praise God. No man, there's no man that hasn't sinned, but there's also no man that has not the ability to taste and see that the Lord is good. It doesn't matter how low you are, and I'm not minimizing your tragedy today, but it doesn't matter how low you are, the grace of God can go right there. Amen. God has made a way where all of us can come boldly before the throne of grace and someday look upon his face and live. I'm thankful for the goodness and the mercy of God. That hope, that hope is found in Luke 1, 77. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by remission of their sins. That's where our hope is found. Amen. I'm glad I know him. <laughs> Praise God. I want to know more about him. But I'm glad I know what I know. I'll ask our musicians to come if you will. And I want to just mention one last promise that we find tucked away in these passages of scripture it is found in Luke 1 78 and 79 I think this is important it's all been important but this is certainly important for us to hear before we leave today Luke 1 78 79 through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us verse 79 to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and then the last few words, the last sentence says, to guide our feet into the way of peace. What a promise. That the Lord said, I'll guide your feet to the way of peace. Like so many of you, I see and have seen most all of my adult life, the evidence of war and rumors of war. Somewhere at almost every juncture of history, great or small, there's been war. There's been war. When you think about what's going on right now, even as we speak, our headlines are filled with images of death and destruction. Entire cities are laid in, in utter waste. Jagged images of buildings standing in pieces. The carnage of war strong everywhere. The likes of which we can hardly even fathom if we are honest. And as you look upon the vast number of people whose lives have been upended completely. And we look at the waste of war and we look at the homelessness and the helplessness that's been left behind in the carnage. We ask the Lord, is, isn't there a better way? And I understand completely that nothing about freedom is free. 
But I, I also see, and please don't take this out of context, but I also see how futile war can sometimes be. I know it's necessary at times. But I also see the futile side of it. For instance, we barely destroyed a Hitler before a Stalin takes his place. Amen. You, you just barely put out one fire. Before another one is being kindled. It seems to be cruel and, and an unending wheel of despair. Because as long as man has been on the earth. There has been conflict in the very first family. Brothers. Death. Cover up. Denial. It's been from the very beginning. Seemingly it's a curse of mankind, maybe a forever curse. But the prophecy said, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to guide our feet into the path of peace. Every message, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but every message given to us in scripture that points us to the hope of a Messiah has within it the descriptions of the Prince of Peace. There's pointing, and I've, I've mentioned this maybe a few services as, as of late, but all throughout the Old Testament there's a pointing finger of a Messiah that's coming, of an answer Amen. For instance, the prophet Micah said this in chapter 4 and verse 3. He shall judge among many people and rebuke the strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Then... Then Isaiah, if you pull the words of Isaiah alongside the words of Micah, this is what we read. Isaiah 11 and 6 says, the wolf, shall all, shall, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. How? How? Because the day spring from on high is going to shine on us. And he said, I will lead your feet in the path of peace. What a powerful word picture is given to us there. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will, this morning. My message today has simply been this. Whereby the day spring from on high has visited us. So that's why we're celebrating this season. This is really not about what we can give, nor is it about what we can receive. Amen. There's not a more meaningful moment in our calendar year than what we're doing right now. Not a more meaningful moment. Because we're pausing to acknowledge the fact that the day spring from on high has visited us.
I don't mean that he's visited us in general. But I mean from the very moment that this service began. We felt the presence of the day spring from on high. Amen. We felt his presence in every song. We felt his presence in everything we've done to this very moment. I'm thankful that the day spring from on high has visited us. Aren't you? Amen. Why don't we just lift our hands and our voices one more time. Amen. Let's join together as we end our service today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.